Shut that up. My God. Sometimes that annoys me too. Um, hey, everybody. I'm a little hot. I'm turning it down. Oh, Tuesday, July 11th. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for coming in. Uh, I've uh, taken a few weeks off here just because I had um, I had my good interviews with with uh, Brandon Jovanovich and Lucas Meacham, and so I just kind of let those ride. Boy, they took off. You Lucas fans are something else. I got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, my man has a following, and I appreciate you listening. Um, where am I? I'm in Iowa, right? <laughs> I've asked myself while I'm here. I mean, it's been asked of me, and I've asked myself, what am I doing here? Well, let me tell you what I'm doing here. Um, uh, I had an opportunity to sing Bluebeard's Castle, and that's, you know, that's... Um, that's a that's a life role. That's one you want. Everybody wants it. Uh, if it fits you, you want it. Uh, it's it's cyclical. It's not done so often. Very often you have time. Uh, very often in times when you're doing it, the trouble is uh, the production. Uh, you know the the quick story of Bluebeard is that Bluebeard has brought home his new wife, his fourth wife, and. Um, you know, she gets to the castle and realizes it's all dark and there's seven doors before her and she wants to open these seven doors, okay? He says, nope, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> she persists, they slowly open the doors, bada bing, bada boom, in the end you find out his three previous wives are <laughs> dead on hooks in that last closet. And uh, the idea being uh, Judith, the, the, the current wife on the wedding night, will now join them in the closet. And um, there's a lot of interpretations, mostly, you know, it, it's, it's a Hungarian folklore story. It's interesting, it's good, whatever. Uh, what we're here for is this incredible score by Bartok, which is um, just second to none. It's so incredible. Uh, the nuances, the, 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 the tiny little things, the sheer power of it, followed by the sheer minimalism of it. It's, it's um, from beginning to end. It's only a one act. It's, it's um, 60 minutes. But it's sixty hard minutes. We don't leave the stage. The two of us are on at the top, and we don't, we don't, uh, we stay out there until it's done. And so it's it's a working sixty minutes, no doubt. It's it, something I've never really done before, honestly. Something I haven't uh, experienced this this process of of um, being out there the whole time. You know, in the in the course of a, a performance of Carmen, Carmen's going to sing about forty minutes total, and she's got three hours to do it. Um, and so that's, that's, um, that's, you know, you're given, you're given, you're, you're effectively singing 33 minutes an hour. Uh, I, I mean, uh, 13 minutes an hour if you're, if you're singing the lead, you know, the title character in Carmen. And so, uh, to be out there with only two people with, with 60 some odd minutes ahead of you, you're working. Uh, there's no chance for a drink of water or to wipe, wipe the sweat off your face. You just go, 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 go. And the thing escalates as we get going. And I have to tell you, you know, I got here and I was, I was, um, 
skeptical is the wrong word. I just didn't know. I, I really didn't know um, how we were going to handle this production. And I have to say, uh, without any hesitation, this is probably one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. Uh, we have a somebody who calls himself a visual composer named Yoram, and Yoram has created these these scapes. Um, every time we open a door, there's a giant LED screen behind us, about the size of the proscenium, if you can imagine, that will that will show us the 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 animated action of the story. Where we have captured. I'm not explaining this very well. <laughs> we have captured the essence of, of Bluebeard, you know, and what is it? The, it's the grandiosity of each door. Every time you open the door, she has to be amazed by what she sees or horrified or terrified. But anyway, if you can't see it, it's just hard to sell it to an audience. And so in this respect, our LED screens have fixed the major problem of Bluebeard's castle. And we are telling an incredible story. And the, the thing is completely sold out. And the mouths are dropping. I can see everybody in the house. What's interesting about this theater is that it's in the round. And the people are right up on top of you. And so you, you're very well aware of the presence of the audience. And so I can see their reactions to this LED screen. I swear it feels like the future of opera. It feels like we can compete with anything. We can compete with movies and, and, and television. We can, can, we can compete with your Netflix account. Uh, this is, this is, it, it, it may very well be the future. You know, you, you buy these screens once and God knows what they cost, probably millions, but, uh, you buy them once and you've got 20 productions or 50 or as many as you can imagine. Uh, um, it, it may just be the time that we live in now. Uh, this technology will continue to get cheaper and, and this just may be the way of it. Uh, uh, we, we may, we may be entering in a, in a new direction of production design, and at least that's how I feel about it. It's, this has been an absolute joy for me. From beginning to end, I have loved this process. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with just two of us in the room. And my, my colleague, uh, Sarah Gartland, is, is um, a, 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 an incredible professional. Showed up ready to roll and ready to work hard, and I was too. And so the, the two of us just immediately sort of had, you know, we were in it together. We felt like we were in it together. And we had a, we had a long way to go. This music is, is um, uh, difficult it's not difficult to learn. It's not difficult to read. It's difficult to hear once you're not looking at the score. And we have a wonderful team uh, headed by David Neely who are showing us the score as we go along. You know, that's really the job of the maestro is to just illuminate this score to us and, and, and to be true to the composer and true to the music. And, and uh, we've done an incredible job, I think, of, of showing you and giving you what's on the page in a very genuinely dramatic way. Um, the, the the audience reaction has been nothing short of phenomenal, and for really you know for once in a very long time, and and I sort of hesitate to say it. I I feel like I or we made art, um, and it sort of hit me. It kind of hit me the the authenticity of this process. It was so pure. Um, I think oftentimes, and it's easy to get caught up in it. You know, singing in the big opera house, singing in the in the large space, um, you end up making a lot of noise. Now, it is very pretty noise. It can be very beautiful noise. It can be very moving noise. But it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a projection trick to hit the back row of a 4,000-seat house. And it's very specific. You have to be standing a certain way. Your technique has to be solid, solid. There, there's a lot going on to be able to hit that back row. 
And in a small theater like this, where there's zero effort to, to be heard, you know, it's only a 500-seat house, if that, there's zero effort to be heard. You can effectively do the staging that you wish. You want to face completely upstage or face right or face left. It, the audience is in the round. Somebody is always hearing you. And then, of course, singing off of these screens back there, are, are it's bouncing off of that too. I mean, I, I'm singing directly upstage at times, and, and there's no, I don't think there's any balance issues at all. Uh, this has been a, a real joy for me, and a reset, an artistic reset, uh, as it were. It, this, this reminded me why I like doing this. Um, so much of what I get into when it comes to this is the process. Uh, I love you, the audience, and I love singing. I love performing, but that's the last bit. That's the last thing we do. Most of what we do, A, is alone at a piano. That's, that's most of what I do. The second most thing that I do is create the show with my friends and my colleagues. And we go on this little journey where everybody walks in the room, from all different places. We're all coming from all different places. We've, we've all agreed to be in this one space to create this piece of art we think we can do. And, and there's a time crunch, and there's a money crunch, and there's a ticket sales crunch, and all of these things are, are, are kind of stacked against us. And anxiety can build, and we were not, we were not spared that. I had to go away for five days uh, to do, a, to do the, the business in San Francisco that you, know, that, that you heard about. And, um, you know, that, that took me out of the process and they had to continue on. They had to soldier on. And when I came back, I had to hit the ground running. There was no time to not, uh, be ready or take a step back. We just had to keep plowing forward and keep going forward. And, and I say more than, more than anything, I feel artistically renewed and I know that I need a bit more of this in my life or I need to take this and bring it to the bigger place. Uh, because when this show is done, I'm exhausted. I'm dead really did surprisingly physically tired and and I think it's just from being engaged for 60 minutes not not dropping the character there's no reprieve there's no there's no moment to take a sip of water and take a breath and and check in with the mirror and check in with your colleagues and and then go back out and give it to them again like we just go 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 and that's what makes this so incredibly unique and I tell you I love it I just have loved it I love the piece I love the process. I love everybody who was in the room creating this. It wasn't always perfectly pleasant. We had we had discussions. There were there were issues. That's that's in any room, you know. Everybody handled themselves very professionally and kept moving forward cohesively. You know, when you have differences, you're really judged on how you deal with them, and and compromise ensues. And and this room was full of that. And. And I didn't get any sense of an ego. And then at some point I was like, well, maybe I'm the one with the ego. Let me check. <laughs> and probably I was a little bit, but I don't, not detrimentally so. I don't think so. Um, the, the process was, was um, handled incredibly professionally and well. And I realized when everybody is in the room facing the same direction, and I mean that figuratively because most people <laughs> were facing each other. But when everybody's sort of facing in the same direction, of the success of a show and everybody's bringing their talents and, and, and allowed to grow in that environment. Some magic can really happen. And that is, that's what's happened here. This is magic. This show is magic. And, and you can, you can check out some clips online. I put some stuff up. The, the, the opera house has put some stuff up. It doesn't do it any justice, zero justice. If you think the clip is cool, the show is a thousand times better. Uh, I'm, I'm jealous. I find myself jealous of the people who get to see it. I wish I could sit back and see it. I wish I could enjoy this new technology that's, that's being used in the most creative and incredible way. These, these, 
these visual scapes that have been created are phenomenal uh, in their expansiveness, in their sense of broad. You know, we have one that's this mountain range that's just incredibly broad and beautiful, and that's the kingdom. That's the, that's the kingdom door, door five, and that's that's showing her what's all of hers now. You know, just don't ask me about those last two doors. All of this can be yours, and the gold is yours, and this is your, everything is hers now. This is. This is all yours, and, and please don't ask me to open those last two doors. And so the, the visualization that, that's given on these doors is just a miracle. It's really just a miracle. And, and, and I, I don't know. There's people smarter than me that can tell you how difficult it was to get that done, what it costs. I don't know. I would imagine it's expensive. I would imagine the rental on something like this would be tremendous. However, if a company could come up with the money to buy this technology – and have somebody on staff to do the creating. This could be as many productions as you want it to be. Truly. Um, you know, we're living in different times. And this, this has been forever a fully acoustic um, uh, uh, performance art. But, you know, after seeing the Magic Flute at the Met this last year that had a lot of different elements and projections and, and breaking the fourth wall and, and they had somebody making these soundscapes off to the side. And so, you know, th there was this incredible mixed media bag that created a, a cohesive and joyous performance. That was the first time I enjoyed Magic Flute in forever. I don't know about you, but Magic Flute puts me to sleep. <laughs> Who's with me? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Magic Flute can put me to sleep, and I'm the bass, and when the bass starts to sing his arias, I want to kill myself and, and, <laughs> and wish it was over. And then nobody in the history of any production I've been a part of ever got the, the, the fire and the water right. And this production in New York did. And so when you're mixing elements like this and thinking creatively and thinking outside the box and bringing in other artists to create this, I think our production possibilities are limitless. There's, they're just as they're limit, limited as to how far your imagination can go because the computers can come up with the magic. They really can. Um, this has been a joy for me. This has been a real reset, artistic reset. My, my engine is running well. I feel fulfilled and I'm ready to, to take this to the next thing. And my, my Boca Negra score is open every day and I'm preparing, the, preparing that for Philadelphia and, I, and I'm, I'm thrilled to bring this passion and this process that we went through in Bluebeard. And I'm, and I'm excited to bring that to the next place. Um, I don't know. I feel open. I feel free. I feel free to, to create and have something to say. Because I think for a long time I was trained to make beautiful noise. I was trained to make a good line. I was trained, you know, we're, we're surrounded by people telling us what we're doing wrong. I mean, just surrounded. It's a real tough way to, to live your day-to-day, -day, especially as a... You know, the young singers now are, they're not so young, they're old. And, and um, you know, a person in their early and mid-30s, just, you have, a, you have a limit and a patience as to how many times you got eight people in the room and they're all telling you different things. And, and it, you know, it, that can be incredibly frustrating. Um, and I think the confidence that I gained from this process here in Des Moines uh, is something that I'm going to carry with me. And when you're confident in your choices, and you're confident in your, in your storytelling, and you're confident in your voice, people really can't get in your way. They can make suggestions, but, you, you know, <laughs> um, the, the micromanaging ends when you're 
when you're overly prepared, when you're overly confident, when you're enjoying the process, then, then the micromanaging has to stop. And I think that's what happened here. And, and they allowed two artists to create and they were guided, you know, that we, we were guided along the way, but we ultimately have, have put on the show that, that myself and my, my colleague, Sarah have, have, uh, created over time here. Um, um, whether it's, whether it's vocal chemistry or, or dramatic chemistry, or just two people that wanted this or, or what it, whatever the little magic is when, when you add those two elements with a maestro who wants to help, with a director who has a vision, with a, with, a, with a production designer who has created something that has never been created before, well, damn it, we have real magic, and that's, that's um, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I am here for it. That's what's going on. Uh, I leave soon. Uh, Ten days I'll be gone. I have two more performances. I do have some people coming into town, which is good. Uh, it does feel like time to leave Iowa. <laughs> Uh, but but I, like I said, I, I feel renewed in a lot of ways, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take this with me. This has been very very healthy for me, and something I wouldn't hesitate to do again. I think I think we need to find and fight for these places to be inspired, and to create and to make art. Imagine that making art, not just making noise. It's a it's a concept I haven't thought about in a long time. I love you for listening. Did you knew that. Um, episode. Who cares? We're in the middle of our summer. I hope everybody's doing great. Thanks again for listening, all of you uh, Lucas Meacham fans. Those of you I keep. We'll see how many of you I keep. Uh, um, I have, a, I have a, an idea in my head of the percentage, but um, we'll, we'll see if that, that happens. But I do appreciate you all checking in and listening. Lucas's episode was fantastic. He, he was candid and, and, and honest and, and, frankly, a natural, of course. Uh, nobody's, nobody's surprised by that. And um, all right. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye.